You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Iyer, but I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Here we are. It's another Pickup Tuesday. That means we're going to focus on the waiver wire targets here that are guys that can help you across positions, depending on the depth of your league, depending on what you need help with, and depending if you're looking for some plug-and-play starters or some depth and reinforcements for your bench here in 2021. So we'll get into those on the show. We'll also do a brief look back at the Packers rebounding here big time against the Lions 35-17. They win on Monday Night Football to close week two, put a bow on it there. So quick takeaways there and a pickup that emerged from that game that we're going to look at here as well and discuss on today's show. How we break it down, we look at running backs and wide receivers in our first two segments. Then we close with quarterbacks and tight ends in our final segment here Again, we'll do a little bit of a MNF analysis there for you. Before we get into that, the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast relaunches September 20th with brand new host Eric Crocker bringing the player scouting, Ryan Tracy bringing the analytics. Follow the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's dive right in. Uh, yeah, big night last night for Aaron Jones. The Lions, if you're watching the Peyton Manning, Eli Manning broadcast there on ESPN2. They were playing that two deep shell. The Packers needed to run the ball, and they ran the ball big time. And they kept feeding Aaron Jones, not only as a runner, as a receiver. He ends up with four scores. He was all over the field there making plays. Uh, And you look at uh, also Aaron Rodgers having a big game with a flip pass early to Jones, another short one that went into Jones. Robert Tunyon looked very good in that game. Devontae Adams, uh, another solid performance there. So the Packers, good all-around game for them. Totally uh, took care of business there against the Lions. The Lions had some bright moments as well. They were leading that game 17-14 to at halftime. So they were in control of that game early. We saw TJ Hawkinson make a play as well as Quintus Cephas step up at wide receiver with uh, Tyrell Williams dealing with a concussion, not playing in that game. So... Lines backfield, Hawkinson, we know that's a source of fantasy points from a team that's going to be trailing quite a bit, but we also saw Quintus Cephas step up score for the second straight week. So we'll talk more about Quintus Cephas and if you should target him there at wide receiver when we get into that in our second segment. But let's focus on running backs first, shall we? And let's look at the pickups there. The one injury-related pickup you need to make here is Alexander Madison. We're not sure about the status of Dalvin Cook. It always seems like he misses games, doesn't it? And at some point, uh, last year, Madison, uh, surprisingly, uh, last year didn't do anything. And remember, there was a game against the Seahawks there where Cook got hurt, and the Madison really didn't uh, yield the value we were expecting filling in. So hopefully he'll do a little bit better. Actually, this time... If Cook were going to miss the game here in Week 3, the opponent is the Seahawks, and it's the home opener for the Vikings. So the Seahawks were run all over by Derrick Henry last week. So Cook could have a monster game if he plays. But you know that Madison is going to step in and have a key role. They'll mix it up and have a little bit of a committee approach for what they do. But 
They trust Madison first off the bench to replace Cook, so I think he's a guy we look at there. Now, J.D. McKissick, I kind of made this comparison on Twitter to the situation we had develop in Carolina last year, where you had Christian McCaffrey go down. Who stepped up there? It was Curtis Samuel. Now, Washington doesn't have Curtis Samuel right now. He's out of the lineup, so they need someone complimentary for that passing game. It just can't be about Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson, and then Logan Thomas, especially Adam Humphreys being a limited slot receiver. Diami Brown, the rookie from North Carolina, can make some big plays in time, but they need somebody else. They need a mismatch creator. J.D. McKissick did that against the Giants. He had a big play down the sidelines. He had a hurry-up uh, offense uh, rushing touchdown in that game as well. McKissick, I don't expect him to cut into Antonio Gibson's work as much as we think. Gibson still getting most of the snaps and touches there, but he's going to have a role here as kind of that wide receiver hybrid that can get open and make some plays. They just need more playmakers as long as Samuel's out. Now, when Samuel returns, it's going to be different because Samuel will be a guy that can complement McLaurin. You can get Humphreys back in the slot as a regular target there. So, yeah, it'll change. So, McKissick is going to have value as long as Samuel's out. <laughs> Should Antonio Gibson get hurt, McKissick's value would really shoot up here Keep in mind, he's not the early down backup. It's Jared Patterson, the rookie from Buffalo. So McKissick is a gadget role player. He's not a direct handcuff. Has some flex appeal. But that can be disappointing for, from different weeks. Buffalo, you figure the game script is going to be negative here for Washington this week. So if you're desperate there, looking for a flex player, deep league RB2, you can look at McKissick, plug and play if you want. But for me, again, his value capped a little bit here in this offense. Now, Somebody I think that could have a bigger role going forward is Zach Moss. He did have a couple of touchdowns here for the Bills as they shut out and crushed the Dolphins 35-0. Devin Singletary shot out of cannon and looked like the better back, but Moss was involved. We know he had a multiple touchdown game last year as well, so he's a guy that they can't give the ball into the red zone. And you're looking at the pass game, it's a lot of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Allen not doing a lot in the running game. They're looking for extra help here because there's just not a lot of people stepping up again to complement what Diggs does and Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders and Gabriel Davis is kind of a bit of a committee there in the passing game. So keep that in mind. So they're going to lean maybe more on the running game. They're playing very good defense. So that's going to help. If they have more positive game script, they're not going to sit back and have Josh Allen throw 50 times. They're not going to do that in those type of games. So need some game script. I think you'll get it this week with Washington. It's just hard to know how the touches are going to shake out between Singletary and Moss, but we're not asking for RB2 status. Singletary, I think, has that better opportunity. You're, with Zach Moss, you're looking for a flex, a bench stash, and certain matchups where you're going to look at. So Moss, good to see him involved back in the Bills offense that way. Now, Kenneth Gainwell, he's not going to go away for the Eagles. Miles Sanders has looked pretty good. We know Jalen Hurts is kind of stealing the thunder there in the running game for Philadelphia, but Gainwell is gaining here on Sanders. I mean, look at the usage here. They used Gainwell near the goal line. Kind of Corey Clement, the way they used him. He had a two-point conversion last week. He looks good whenever he's out there catching passes, running when needed. So if something happens to Miles Sanders, Gainwell should have a massive role here. He already jumped Boston Scott. So one of those lottery tickets that could really pay off. Sanders has looked pretty good again. For two weeks, they're not going to necessarily fade him out of the offense. But Gainwell is a special player too. That's why he's earning all these key touches for the Eagles. Now we look at uh, Peyton Barber and... Looks like uh, Josh Jacobs is going to miss more time. Toe and ankle injury combination that is not very good for running back. We know that. I mean, ankles can linger. Toes can be very painful. Right now, Peyton Barber is the early 
down uh, back there of choice. Uh, we know that it's going to be Kenny Drake, but we haven't really seen an expansive role for Kenny Drake as some of the Raiders' young receivers have stepped up to help Darren Waller. So they haven't needed Drake in that hybrid role as much. So they've talked up Jacobs and Drake being the kind of the central point of their offense. That hasn't materialized here for the Raiders. And uh, Barber, he's going to get his opportunities. I know John Gruden likes him here. So good matchup this week against the Dolphins, who just got ripped by Singletary and Moss. You have to run on the Dolphins. Yeah, I know the Raiders haven't been all that great running, but the Dolphins have good corners. That's where their weakness is in the middle there. So Peyton Barber should get more opportunities. You also expect a positive game script, especially if Jacoby Brissett is scoring or in there for that Dolphins offense that did no scoring against the Bills last week. So Barber has a better opportunity this week. The Steelers' defense was just too rough of a matchup. Again, the Raiders' offensive line without Richie Incognito, a little bit of work in progress. I think they've been doing a little bit smoke and mirrors job here early. The Ravens uh, kind of overwhelmed with that Las Vegas uh, night opener, and the Steelers had a lot of defensive injuries in that game, including T.J. Watt that opened things up a little bit more than expected uh, for the Raiders, and the uh, Steelers didn't really have much resistance offensively. So curb your enthusiasm about the Raiders in general, but I think they're going to continue to be a pretty decent team. We know they're 8-8. Eight and eight. They're our source of fantasy production right now. If you're looking for someone to replace Jacobs, you have to look at Barber in that role. Do we trust a 49ers running back? Jamichael Hasty? we'll see if he's okay, but he's got a high ankle sprain, so I don't think it's going to happen for him. Trey Sermon has a concussion. Could he recover in time to play against the 40, or in the Packers game this week? We'll see how it goes there. And we know uh, Elijah Mitchell, who had the shoulder, might actually be the healthiest here. So we'll see if it plays out where Mitchell's the guy, but... If Sermon's out for a while, this concussion as a rookie could hurt. And then you have the situation with Hasty. Carryon Johnson would be the next man up with Trenton Cannon. So, yeah, he can just keep revolving uh, the 49ers running backs like Spinal Trap drummers here. We know Raheem Mostert's already down. Jeff Wilson's already hurting. This backfield could end up anywhere by the end of the season. Right now, it looks like it belongs to Eli Mitchell. But sh should more guys come out... Carryon Johnson, former second-round pick there of the Lions, could have appeal in this running game as well in the zone-blocking system. Now, speaking of uh, guys named Johnson, Ty Johnson, limited interest in him. I think this backfield with the Jets is going towards Michael Carter, the rookie here, pretty quickly, but not going in the direction at all of Tevin Coleman. So Ty Johnson looked like the best back there, young back. I could see a combination of Johnson and Carter being what the Jets want to do to spark their offense here for Zach Wilson, which is really struggling with the downfield passing game, I think they have to get the checkdowns using the backs. So I think Johnson and Carter could be involved quite a bit in that. But again, deep league stash is there. So not a lot out there in running backs. There's no major injuries that open the door for someone just yet. We'll have to monitor that all week. But yeah, Cook, Madison, that might be the only situation there that you can exploit in that sense. But again, we're not looking for world beaters. They don't happen all the time. Mitchell-type players don't fall out of the sky there to help our teams. But there are definitely guys that can help you in running back. There's guys who can help us at wide receiver, quarterback, and tight end. We'll get into those guys in a moment. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the Gridirons. Teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action of the season. The new updated site and interface in even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit. Just for signing up, don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right here in Vegas, 
Casino games that are your favorites don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online is your online sportsbook expert. Right, go right now, take advantage of that 100% welcome bonus. All you have to do is enter the promo code NFL100. All right, let us continue looking at the wide receivers here that we need to target. The Raiders are getting a lot of buzz. They're 2 0, so that's. Not a lead we want to bury here, but they were 2-0 last year, finished 8-8. Eight eight. So the Raiders have done this to us before, really excited us. But Henry Ruggs looks legitimate here as their number one receiver, which is good because we've seen Hunter Renfro produce, Brian Edwards, they're good in the mix. But Ruggs looked like the first-round pick against the Steelers. He had that big play that stretched the field for a touchdown there. That's the Henry Ruggs the Raiders drafted. Ruggs is probably uh, rostered in most of the leagues here on Yahoo, but if he's not out there... Shallow leagues, if you're in 10 teamers and rugs is still available, go lock him up there. All right, a guy that has lower, much lower percentage. I actually drafted him in two leagues, stashed him, played him in one out of necessity there, and it worked out brilliantly. Is Rondell Moore of the Cardinals? I saw this guy at Purdue. He's the guy that game against Ohio State. They just could not stop him. He got in the open field, made big play after big play. He reminds me of Brandon Cooks, and we even saw that little flip pass thing that. The Patriots used to do to Brandon Cooks is drop it in front of him and run. He didn't score that play more. He got had that f- fumble that uh, was out of bounds there and it didn't uh, work out. It almost became a fumble the other way and it could have gone differently for more of the rest of the game. But then he comes back, long touchdown grab down the sidelines using his great speed there for Kyler Murray, playing off DeAndre Hopkins. So Christian Kirk was the hot pickup there in week one, but we told you about Rondell Moore being... A key part of their offense. He was steady. I think he's going to be involved quite a bit. He's going to cut into what Chase Edmonds does. He's going to cut into Kirk. We saw this coming here in the preseason. They just like more. I mean, he's just a special dynamic player. We don't know how he's going to work with the rest of their guys. We thought he could be a little bit of a luxury pick, but turns out they have a special role here for him every week. So Rondell Moore, he's not going to explode like he did last week, but he can give you something like six for 60 in a lot of weeks, and that's pretty good in half point and full point. PPR when you're looking at a mighty flex play. Now, Cordero Patterson, we'll have to see if he's there in a lot of leagues. A lot of people noticed that he was the backup to Mike Davis in week one and went there as soon as Mike Davis struggled. Don't forget, they also have Wayne Gallman waiting in the wings if Davis should continue to struggle. He's been terrible in two games, but they got Patterson involved. They got him involved in the passing game for a touchdown. They got him involved in the running game. Patterson's kind of had a career resurgence here of late with the Bears and now this team, the Falcons, using him in unique ways is uh, kind of out of necessity. So the Patriots started it. I think it continued with the Bears. And now it kind of has trickled down here to Atlanta. He's going to be a key because, look, you have uh, now Russell Gage dealing with an injury. You basically have Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley as the key parts of your offense. You're looking for help. And if Davis is struggling, which he is, and you're looking for a third option in the passing game, you I think it's going to work out really well here for Patterson continuing to get some key touches. So we've seen the hand from Arthur Smith. He's tipped it. He likes Patterson. That's why they didn't really try to upgrade the second running back because they felt like they had that player here in Patterson and a guy that occasionally can help them as a wide receiver as well. So Swiss Army Knife players, uh, not always great for fantasy, but Patterson, with that wide receiver running back eligibility, gives you a true double flex there that you can look at in, in different weeks. Now, Zach Pascal is an interesting guy. He's had now three touchdowns in two weeks. 
He's not getting high volume, but he's playing a key role for the Colts, the slot, where he's going to get the better matchups. He's a very good slot receiver, so he runs good routes, has good hands, good finisher in the red zone. We'll see about Carson Wentz versus Jacob Eason here at quarterback. Should Wentz have to miss time, but I think Pasco is going to be there important in the slot no matter what. Michael Pittman getting going on the outside is key for Pasco as well, so that opens things up. Tight ends got a little bit more involved as well, so... Pascal, I don't think he's going to be a guy you can rely to score on, score with every week, but he's going to be involved again in the slot for the Colts. They don't really have a lot. Paris Campbell still hurting here. T.Y. Hilton is on the shelf, we know, for a while, so they need someone to compliment Pittman that isn't a tight end, and Pascal's going to get those looks. And getting end zone targets is not wrong. That's a key path to fantasy football relevance, and Pascal has that right now. Tim Patrick has been a scoring machine here in two weeks. Uh, for the Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater has found him twice in the end zone. We know Jerry Judy's down. Tim Patrick has filled in that role pretty well. Cordero Patterson looked really good as the number one, really taking advantage of that Jaguars matchup there. So we look at Tim Patrick, good complimentary receiver, runs good routes, can finish the red zone, and that's what we see here from Tim Patrick. K.J. Osborne, we'll see how they use him in Minnesota, but uh, he's definitely using a lot there at this point with Kirk Cousins. Uh, when you look at the combination of Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, now they're using more 11 personnel. This had been a two tight end set team, but when you lose Kyle Rudolph to free agency and Irv Smith to injury, Kyle Rudolph, uh, they need to replace someone there with some reliability. And KJ Osborne has been the guy. I mean, we've seen all the BC Johnson get some opportunities here behind the other two receivers, whether it be Thielen, Jefferson, Thielen, and Diggs. Now Osborne, Two straight weeks of very heavy involvement in this offense. The defense continues to stink. They're going to have to pass more than they would like. So Osborne, again, I don't know if it's sustainable here behind two potential wide receiver ones in this offense in Thielen and Jefferson, but he's going to have some wide receiver three value in certain weeks, and the matchup is right. I think that is the case this week with the Seahawks. The next guy is Elijah Moore that we look at. He's been involved more with the Jets. they got to get the youth movement going on. They deactivated Jamison Crowder coming off COVID and another injury. They also didn't play Keelan Cole in that game. So Elijah Moore playing off Corey Davis. Those are the guys here for Zach Wilson. Lower league uh, looking at a stash there, but uh, Moore could have flex at some point. But he's not the rookie Moore you want right now to put in your starting lineup. So it would be Rondell. But Elijah, you can't ignore here either. Now, Darius Slayton with... We'll see Kenny Galladay starting to warm up in that offense with Daniel Jones a little bit. So that uh, maybe the changing is coming for the big playability. You also have Kadarius Toney you could cut in. But right now, playing off Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, the two familiar receivers for Daniel Jones are getting it done. Great matchup this week against Atlanta. Maybe a one-week streamer that you can look at for Darius Slayton. But yeah, definitely has some special qualities there. Still, if he could hold on to the ball, he would have had a bigger game against Washington. But... Until there's that trust factor between Jones and Galladay, Slayton is going to get it done. So early this season here in Atlanta, good little plug-and-play this week if you need a big play there in more standard leagues than half and full-point PPR. Hunter Renfro is more of a half and full-point PPR option here. He, he's been involved two straight weeks for the Raiders. He's kind of the steady receiver. Ruggs and Edwards might have a little bit more volatility here with Derek Carr, but Carr's playing well. And you look at Renfro being pretty nice in... More PPR formats than anything else. Rashard Higgins could also have some value there with Jarvis Landry joining Odell Beckham Jr. on the shelf for the Browns. I know they threw a lot to their tight ends, and that could be their offense going forward, but Higgins, their most experienced and seasoned outside receiver for 
Baker Mayfield, he also has some experience inside, but their other options are Anthony Schwartz, who's a rookie, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. They're in the slot, a year-two player. We still need to get to the quarterbacks and tight ends. We'll do that to wrap up the show in our final segment. This episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers, it makes the models now impossible if you're a chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Wind it off from points with seemingly intimidating question and wait while the person behind the counter order parts on their computer. Choosing the only brand their rights happens to carry. You have computers with access to RockAuto.com at home in your pocket. Save time and money when using RockAuto. Why do you just choose to spend 30 50 even 100% more from the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. They help me find two obscure parts, uh, a side console cover for my Honda Accord, and a side mirror cover for my Ford C-Max. They both were available there at Rock Auto for the right price. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on there, how did you hear about this box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car or truck or ever will need. That's rockauto.com. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a multiple simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's there at directtv.com. Direct TV Stream. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, it is time to close the show looking at quarterbacks that you should target. Well, we talked about Ruggs. We talked about Renfro. Time to talk about the quarterback there in Las Vegas. Derek Carr, very nice start for Vegas. 2-0, looking good against the Ravens and Steelers. This week, they get the Dolphins. A little tougher matchup for the passing game. But Carr looking good with anybody out there. So he's in the zone with John Gruden's offense. Feeling it right now. Very productive. So... Derek Carr's a hard guy to trust. Just when you think you're in on him, things can go sour. But at this very moment, he should be rostered at least as a high-end QB2 in all leagues. He's playing that way, and he deserves that. Daniel Jones, two straight solid games here, multiple touchdown games. Doing it on the ground was their leading rusher for the Giants. It's the Falcons this week. So ultimate streamer with Jones. Another QB2 with upside, finding his groove a little bit in the offense with a lot of good weapons there for the Giants. Taylor Heineke. Also has a lot of good weapons in Washington. He outdueled Daniel Jones in that Week 2 game. Buffalo is a tougher matchup. The Bills' defense has been playing pretty well, but Heineke is going to have some value in certain weeks. And another guy that surprised, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, out there in the AFC West. He looked pretty good. Part of his product of the schedule so far. He did well against the Giants. He did really well against the Jaguars. So this week, he gets the Jets at home. So a very good spot. Remember, Teddy Bridgewater was a Jet. At one point. So a revenge game for Teddy Bridgewater this week. Good streamer, but making good use of those weapons. It didn't matter that he lost Jerry Judy. Got it done with Tim Patrick. Getting Cortland Sutton involved. Noah Fant also making some big plays here for Bridgewater. So good passing game. We weren't sure if Bridgewater was going to bring it all together. But he did it last year. 
for Carolina. Moore's a facilitator. This year looks like he's an individual playmaker in his own right in Denver, which is great to see there. So this crazy AFC West with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, and Teddy Bridgewater, a lot of good reality and fantasy football quarterbacking going on there out in the AFC West. Sam Darnold, that's where Teddy Bridgewater played. That's where Sam Darnold played to the Jets. He lit up the Jets there. So a little crossover there with the quarterbacks. Sam Darnold replacing Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina, looking pretty good, using Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson to produce here. So there's some things going on there. It's the Texans this week. So Sam Darnold, streamer that you can look at again. So a lot of good streamers this week when you look at Jones versus the Falcons, Bridgewater versus the Jets, and Darnold versus Texans there as the Thursday night opener. So you got to make that decision sooner rather than later with him. At tight end, there's not a lot to see here on this uh, Waiver wire, Austin Hooper, the Browns tight ends are being involved a little bit more. We saw David Njoku getting involved, Harrison Bryant. So a little bit of a committee approach, but also we mentioned their wide receivers are going down. There's not a lot of experience there. Higgins is the guy that you look at for the most experience with uh, DPJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Anthony Schwartz. A lot of that two tight end stuff that Kevin Stefanski used to run with the Vikings in full force with the Cleveland Browns. So Hooper pretty solid, getting the targets, looking like a key part of what they're doing and uh, this week. It's a uh, matchup with the Bears, who haven't looked all that good against the tight end here early in the season. So there are some opportunities there with the Bears uh, and uh, just being involved all over the field. Hooper, remember, if you go back a few years ago, there was a big play that Hooper had against the Bears with the Falcons 2-TD game. You can remember that way back in the day in a week one. But So Hooper has some good history against the Bears as well. Pat Freerbooth looks like he has to be involved more for the Steelers. We know... Between Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Chase Claypool, hard to get a tight end involved there. But he's clearly passed Eric Ebron as the guy they trust. He's looking pretty good, the rookie out of Penn State. Showing a little bit of worth here and involvement in this offense. And they're going to be short to intermediate routes a lot. So less of the deep stuff to Claypool and Johnson is a little bit banged up. So Freemuth should have a bigger role as we give forward. Jack Doyle, remember him? He's still involved quite a bit for the Colts now. They need someone to step up from tight end. Mr. Reliable. Formerly for Andrew Luck and Jacoby Brissett, no, and Philip Rivers last year. Doyle uh, having a little bit low end uh, tight end to appeal that could give you some really extra help there tight end if you're really hurting that position. And Max Williams, so many mouths to feed in Arizona. We talked about Ronda Moore complimenting DeAndre Hopkins, and then Christian Kirk in the game he had last week. But this team looks like it's going to have high volume passing, do a lot of damage. Max Williams out there. Quite a bit there for the Cardinals. So, again, we're digging deep here with Freermuth, Doyle, and Max Williams for tight ends. But, really, there's not a lot out there to help you big time. But, Hooper, I would expect his role to expand here for the Browns as they need tight ends to be more involved out of necessity. Now, that's it here for our look at the waiver wire for week number three. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locker and Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, <coughs> get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow the Locker and Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. This has your, been your host, Vinny Iyer. Good luck in all your waiver wire claims, and we'll be back tomorrow to start breaking down the first half of the games in week number three on Matchup Wednesday.